Welcome back to Modern Day Disciples, aka MDD, the podcast where we hear real stories from modern day disciples. My name is Kevin Bernaga. I'm the youth minister at St. Francis of Assisi Parish in San Jose, California. And my name is Ana Fuentes. I'm the youth minister at St. Anthony's Parish in San Jose, California. What's up, dude? Dude, we're back for another episode. Episode three now. Season two. I almost said season three. I know. I was like, whoa, you're jumping like way ahead. (laughs) Wow. Do you think we'll have a season three? I mean, three's a holy number. So I feel like we have to at least have a third season. So just a heads up now, guys. We're going to end this after season three. (laughs) I'm kidding. Okay. By the way, that was a joke. We don't know. We don't know. (laughs) We are following as the spirit leads, as we always say. But truly, I think. We'll end on season three. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. As the spirit leads. <laughs> As the spirit leads. So, how was your week? It was good. I think um, a highlight of my week so far. Okay, so I've had um, I have the opportunity to to serve this retreat uh, called MSDYR. It's the Middle School Diocesan Youth Retreat. Okay, okay. Um, that the diocese created three years ago, um, and so. And have you been involved all three years? <laughs> i asked um, that because he has guys he's been the coordinator I, i've been humbly able to serve uh, mm. in a role of a coordinator for the past three years and just taking this retreat and um kind of just working with the diocese to come up with it because it's older brother and sister which people know as dyr the diocesan youth retreat that takes place every summer in tahoe i think we've talked about it yeah, a little bit sure, on the podcast sure. here and there um but that's been going on i think this year is going to be the 25th anniversary of that Ooh. retreat um, and so somebody finally said like, Hey, like, let's cater to the younger, to the, to the, to the younger generation, to the younger kid generation, the middle schoolers of our diocese. And so, um, the concept of MSDYR middle school retreat came and was born. And so it's really been a, a pleasure just planning that retreat and getting, um, teams together every year to, to put this on. And so this past week we had our first meeting for our our third year for our third Ooh. third time doing it and so it was just i think that was definitely the highlight of my week it definitely brought me a lot of joy um because we as all as well as the office and the diocese were able to discern some names and get some people together and dude the people that came to the meeting and just around the table even those that aren't there yet that couldn't make it you know when something just fits and things just just go like just you go. know that it's exactly how it's supposed to I be. I mean, you should know you were there. Okay, I'm uh, pretending like I don't know what he's talking about. I was. I'm a director. <laughs> she, um, Anna's our director of co-director of media. Yes. Of um, so sort of making videos and and the highlight videos and oh, just you know what's up. Taking photos, you know what's about up. Documenting the retreat. Um, so yeah, we had our we had our first meeting, and so, dude, the spirit was just in the room, and it's just seeing everybody laugh together and. This was some people's first time meeting, but being able to to see everyone bond and um, come together for this mission of MS, it's just it was just awesome to watch and I witness. Think, can I, if I may? Yeah, please. Um, I think what you created in in bringing those team of directors together, um, you created created a bit of a family atmosphere. And what I mean by that is when people were brought into that room, obviously some knew each other, some didn't. Um, you made everyone, you're very intentional. You're very intentional about having everyone feel comfortable, but also getting to know one another. Mm. I love the time that you set aside so that people could pair up with someone they didn't know. I mean, yeah. as, you know, cliches, it sounds fun, someone you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But having those people become your prayer partners for the entire duration of planning the retreat and executing that retreat, I think that's very special because it's like not only are we accomplishing this task together, but we are going to get to know one another Definitely. at a very soul level. Yeah. And, and through that, we're going to build community so that we can foster community amongst the middle school youth. And you, I mean, dude, I got to commend you on that meeting. You led that so well. Dude, thank you. Oh my gosh, this is our first time talking about it like <laughs> this, but um, thank you so much. It's just, um, just from the past few years, I just realized that a strong team really, really kind of, what, what am I trying Maybe to Maybe comes from within. Yeah. And a strong, so the, I think the success and the atmosphere and how the, how the retreat is comes mm, from the, t- the, the team, team that the leads team. it you know yeah. if, if if they're united and they just know each other and they know the mission um it just falls from there it just comes together and oh, i think absolutely. the idea of doing prayer partners and having them walk together um just really builds that intentionality just not you know we're not just on this team to to put on this retreat but like how do we how do we start the retreat now mm. you know the retreat is in in july of this year but um, but the re- I was telling all the directors, as you know, that the retreat for us starts right now Ooh, um, let's go. and for us to grow in holiness and to grow in community with each other in order to really fully do that in July. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was um, thank you so much for your kind words. That was definitely my my highlight of the week. And it's just been an honor of being able to to do that. Yeah, for sure. And I think the the intentionality that you brought to the table was more than we're just accomplishing tasks, but we're here mm. to build the kingdom. Yeah. And I think that's Amen. the difference is one, I mean, you, you can check things off a to-do list, but mm-hmm. to build the kingdom of God with that intentionality, that takes a lot of grace and then it takes a lot of, a lot of listening yeah. to the spirit and being receptive to what the spirit is calling you to do. So, so yeah, dude, very rad. Thank you. Very rad. Thank you so much. What about you? What's a, um, what's a highlight for this past week? Okay, so I have a couple highlights. One, the biggest highlight um, was Friday night. I went to Rex Orange County. Ooh, how was that? With your with you, my you sister. You talked about this last, last time. With yeah, your sister. Yeah, it was my Christmas present for my sister. So it was actually, so myself, my sister, my cousin from my mom's side of the family, Mikaela, and my cousin from my dad's side of the family, Christina. Mikaela, M-I-C-A-E-L-A. I love how you, I love that. Michaela. Um, but she introduced herself as Michaela because that's easy for people to pronounce. Mm. Um, so it was a little bit of a cousin crew. We showed up to the concert and there's a hella long line. It was at the Fox Theater in Oakland. Nice. And we, I mean, we had floor tickets, so we were trying to get there like kind of early, but not too early. We showed up, dude, nothing. Did it go all the way around? It looped all the way around and there was yep. nothing but high schoolers. I get it. I'm a youth minister. I should be used to it, but nothing but high schoolers. And so what did you do? Did you just um, so we were like, okay, we could either sit in the cold with these high schoolers in mom jeans, or <laughs> <laughs> or we can go to a bar because they can't. <laughs> and so we went. Go. We went to a bar, um, had a couple of drinks before the show. Where um, can we go that they can't find <laughs> us? <laughs> Honestly, that was really the question. Like, okay, so awesome. where are high schoolers not going to be right now? Mm-hmm. At a bar. Yeah. Um, and so we got a couple of drinks, and the show was amazing. Rex Orange County. I love the dude. Um, his name's Alex Alexander something. Mm-hmm. His real name. Um, but he's such an awkward, cute guy. He's only twenty one, which is also crazy. Like he's such a young guy, super talented. He waves, he comes on stage and he waves with both hands. He just says, hi just, everyone. Yeah, and he does little finger guns after a song. He'll like finger gun point in the Aww. crowd. <laughs> um, I've never been to a concert that had such mellow vibes, but it was like super rad. He objectively just super talented. Mm-hmm. Um, his songs sounded like they do on the albums. Um, my favorite part of the concert though was this one moment 
where during the song Best Friend, which is one of his biggest hits, yeah. um, during the part where it just goes crazy and it's like, I'm not going to sing it. Uh-huh. I'm not going to sing it. Um, there's a song that goes, cra- the, a part of the song that goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And he like told everyone, he's like, okay, put your cell phones up. Put your cell phones away. This moment right here is just for us. If you are recording this moment, then it's not just for us. Other people are going to see it. Put your cell phones away. It's just for us. And people wow. were a little reluctant at first. Yeah, like, oh, but this is like yeah, the, this is the a part moment. that I want to remember. Yeah. yeah, and like he even like called someone. I was like, I see you. I see your phone. Put it away. He's like, this moment is just for us. And the energy in that room when everyone was fully present, Ooh. like, jumping up and down screaming their heads off to this song together and he's right that moment will live forever in our heads because we weren't having a cell phone in front of our face recording mm-hmm. it it doesn't matter that we can't go back and look on it we remember it better yeah and it was just a really special moment i appreciated that he did that that's awesome um so yeah it was super rad it was super rad how did your sister enjoy it um she had a good time she didn't have a phone because her phone was stolen a I, week ago oh, okay. on her birthday Oh my goodness. It was okay. it was a bad situation. Oh my <laughs> um, so there was times where she like wanted to record a song. She would like tap me, like, give me your phone, give me your phone. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a really good time, you know, just spending that time with my family, uh, especially cousins from both sides and my sister. It was it was a good time. That's awesome, dude. Do you wanna lead us in prayer? I would love to lead us in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, loving and gracious God, we thank you for this moment in time. We know that moments in time are not always promised. We know that even tomorrow is never promised. We thank you for this opportunity to share in community, but also to share in storytelling. We know that you are so present in each and every one of our stories, whether we felt your presence at the time you were there through it all. May we have the courage to continue the storytelling. We may, may we have the strength to continue to be vulnerable with what's on our hearts, with what's weighing on us. May you expel any fear that keeps us from sharing because we know that fear and that doubt is not of you, Lord. We know that sometimes it is a battle to share. Sometimes it is a battle to be vulnerable and to share our hearts. But that by sharing our stories, sharing the struggles, heartbreaks, the highs and the lows, that you were glorified. May our stories continue to glorify you. May our stories continue to bring people to you, Lord, because without you, none of this is possible. We pray in a special way over our speaker that he may speak words of your light, Lord, that he may speak words of love and that his words may ring true and bring people to you, Lord. We thank you as always for this opportunity, for this podcast, for this ability to serve you, Lord. We thank you for this moment, this moment in time. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Beautiful. Roll the intro. And we're back with episode three. Yo, dude, I'm hyped. Dude, I'm so hyped for this guest. This guest, dude, I've been wanting him on since like season one. So before this guest can, you know, speak for himself, mm-hmm. we got to make him a little uncomfortable by talking about our first impressions of him. When was the first time you met our speaker? Um, our So I met 
I think very. Oh, actually, I remember. <laughs> there was. It okay. Sounds very. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I'm just gonna. You know what? Um, I can speak freely on this now. There are other moments in time where I couldn't, so I'm going to now. Okay, so, <laughs> so I, when I first entered into ministry in this diocese, it was 2016. I had just graduated college, mm. and I work at a parish that is near this person's parish. Okay, and I had heard about this person. I heard that he was the youth minister at this parish. Um, I was also kind of instructed, maybe. Um, that we're not supposed to like that parish and i was like yo that's stupid so i had heard about this dude um and like i heard basically wonderful things from others people not at my parish um that he was kind of larger than life and was doing amazing things mm. and i heard that in the past there was a bit of rivalry and i was like that's so dumb like i don't understand that we're all catholic we're all on the same team here why would there be any animosity between churches yeah and so me brand new kid on the block i reached out to this person and i was like yo I heard that we're supposed to like, I don't know, maybe I'm supposed to hate you or something. Do you want to grab coffee? Wow. Okay. <laughs> and so we met up and it was just a very honest conversation. And I was very honest with him. I was like, people have been telling me that we're like supposed to be rivals, that we're supposed to be against each other, or mm-hmm. something ridiculous. And I was like, I don't want that. I want us to be good. And he was the most kind and gracious person ever. He was like, I also agree. Like, that's super stupid. I don't understand why any of that's being said. Like, and he agreed. He was on the, he was on the same page, obviously, I think, as most people would be, that we are all part of one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Amen. And that means we should be, un- like, united and be together and be building the kingdom together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was my first interaction with him was like, yeah, let's get coffee and let's talk this through. Um and I think throughout the times that I've, I've interacted with him since then, I've always looked up to him. I've always thought of him as like this veteran in youth ministry mm. who has done such an amazing job of bringing teens to Christ through generations. Oh. And I think to say the least, I think he's inspired me in my own ministry in so many ways. Um, and I just, I just appreciate his presence, you know, in this diocese. Um, yes, definitely. But yeah, no, that was, that was a little story of how we first, first met officially so interesting i never knew that yeah it's wild so when did you first meet this person i met this person in 2009 Mm. in 2009 i can't find it um that's 11 years ago dude yeah so i met this wait how old were you i was in high school i was a freshman in high school yo um so that was yeah i was a freshman in high school it's 2009 Uh, it was my very first tahoe retreat uh, I'm not going to say DYR because it wasn't called DYR back then. Um, mm. So it was Tahoe Retreat. And um, yeah, this guy was just this dude. This dude. Okay. Style and haircut. I think he had like a, a streak of like blonde or something in his. In his <laughs> I think it was like it was a mohawk or an or something like that. Um, and so he was one of those people that um, was down in the amphitheater. And I know I shared this moment um, when we had our previous guest, but um, this person was also down there. And so this was the other guy that just looking down in the amphitheater, I was just so inspired and just wanted that joy that Mm. it's that they had and that leading cheers and everything like that. Um, And so getting to know him after that was really a big, I think it was a bit, it took a big impact on me because it really shaped how I wanted to be and who I wanted to be in this youth ministry world. I think this looking at this person, it made this person made me think that youth ministry was so cool. Mm. 
like i feel that. like i wanted to be a youth minister because i saw this person was a youth minister i think this you person I mean? inspired a generation of youth ministers oh most definitely most definitely a lot of there's so many people like you can't not know this person in the diocese of san jose yeah yeah that, no you know I, I mean yeah no 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 like like a like, low, like a low, like a low-key celebrity oh yeah most definitely <laughs> um and so throughout our um this person is hating that they can't yes, like, refute that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but throughout our friendship together and throughout our um, brotherhood together, I think I just really, really learned a lot, not only about how to do my job, but a lot about myself and kind of my, um, how I want to be as a, as a Catholic man and how I want to, you know, mm. just set an example for youth. But it's also, he also is the person that really helps me um, when I'm, struggling mm. i know there there have been times that i've come to him when i when i'm like dude i don't know how to balance especially um because you know as a youth minister balance is very um very hard sometimes and especially if you don't have it all together which i i, I don't yeah <laughs> um retweet. and so i definitely came to this person I'm like dude how do you how do you you know balance your social life your family life and just because ministry is not just a job you know um it takes over everything so so yeah this person really served as a big mentor for me so i'm very excited um, that we have him here shall we just introduce him i think we should Let's i think we it. should without further ado we have ro, ro david. david what to do what to do you got my name wrong it's david ro da oh, i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah you guys don't it's not ro david david ro first name is david, david. make last sure you know name. last name ro uh, last name ro oh, yeah man it's still to this day it still happens <laughs> like no David's my last name. Here Dear David, thank you <laughs> for your email. <laughs> Dude, how does it feel to be on the podcast? It feels good. I'm honored and humbled to be here. It's uh, you know, it's cool. And it's just it's just an honor to be asked and it's just an honor to to share stories. So I'm just glad to be here. So thank no, you all I for think, inviting me. Yeah, I think we can say we are mad blessed to have you on this podcast and Very I think much so. it's been it's been a long time coming. Definitely. And I'm yeah. so excited to hear your story and just just hear what you have to share. Oh, it's blessings all around for sure. So Rose serves at Holy Spirit Parish mm -hmm. um, in San Jose, California, mm -hmm. and he's been serving here for a total of 10 years now yep. as, as director of youth ministry. Um, he has been involved in youth ministry, though, for a whopping 19 years. Some of y'all listening to this are younger than that. He's been doing this longer than you like were even ex in existence. Your dream. Okay. <laughs> All right, so um, we want to jump into your story. We want to jump into how you you have encountered Christ and how yeah. you have come to the position that you've been in today. So, do do you want to take it from the start? Yeah, sure. Um, my faith journey started, you know, with with a lot of the uh, previous guests into sharing their own faith journey. So mine started when I was a baby, mm. baptized into the faith with devout Filipino Catholic family. So my own journey started at my baptism. Um, but my faith never really became my own um, since uh, up until confirmation. And mm, so before okay. then, when I was growing up, up until confirmation, you know, there were some Sundays where I'd love to go to Mass, some mm -hmm. Sundays where I didn't want to go to Mass. And if I didn't want to go to Mass, I did not want to go to Mass. Like growing up, my nickname that my mom gave me was Oscar the Grouch because <laughs> oh. I would get so pouty. And if I didn't want to do anything that my that I didn't want to do and forced to do something I didn't want to do, I was just like so grouchy. And so my parents literally had to drag me to mass. And so it was it was 
not a good scene. Did and you I, have any tactics to avoid going to mass? No, there were no tactics. Oh. <laughs> he had to go to mass. I know oh, Kevin had some tactics. I had tactics. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm sick. I got homework. I pretended like I was asleep. Mm-hmm. But nope. Nope, I had to go. Um, so yeah, so some days were good. Some days weren't. And then mm. so I went public school all the way. So I had CCD Saturday morning yeah. um, catechism, which was hard because all the best cartoons were on Saturday mornings. Oof. Oh, Oof, yes. what a rough life. So it was so hard and I had sacrificed that. But and so my confirmation came out because I was the next thing on the list. Right. Mm. So I was a freshman in high school where I was formed for confirmation. And even then, you know, Saturday afternoons. From three to five, which leads into the five PM mass. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just a. I could be doing other things. What yeah. parish was this at? Saint Lawrence. Thank you, Saint Lawrence, the Martyr Parish in oh, Santa nice. Clara. Yeah, I was born and raised in Santa Clara, and so Saint Lawrence still can technically my home parish, um, mm. but that's where I was baptized. Was baptized first, first Eucharist confirmation. Wow. Yeah. And so when I did my confirmation, um, you know, I was just going through it just because I had to go through it. Mm. But it wasn't until my confirmation retreat that, you know, I never gone on a retreat before. So spending a day or two days, like overnight retreat mm. into the Sa- uh, Saratoga woods was something unheard of. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't really <laughs> believe I'm doing this. Um, so I was actually entered it, into it with, a, with an open mind and open heart, which was kind of surprising. So I was actually glad to be there with some of the friends, but we were the friends that were distracting. Oh. We were that group. We were a it's bit funny of a because as you, as you as you <laughs> we were like I know exactly that as group. As ministers, those groups can be a little trying at times. Yeah, and I was part of that group, so we would try to sneak out. We were the ones that were rowdy late at night. Um, but it happened on that Saturday evening where we were preparing for reconciliation, mm-hmm. um, and so all the reconciliation I've done is in the confessional or mm. you know with first reconciliation you know as a kid. So I. I haven't really experienced reconciliation in a way that I experienced it at confirmation retreat. It wasn't in a confessional. It wasn't in a room. It was on a trail. And oh. they timed it just in a way where it was almost sunset. Wow. And so That's we were walking beautiful. down the trail, and I was with Father Warwick, who was pastor at the time. And for whatever reason, I just felt prompted um, to just share and to be open. And so I shared a lot of my personal struggle Shared a lot about, you know, trying to find who I am, especially mm-hmm. as a freshman in high school, because I was having a difficult time my freshman year, adjusting from middle school to high school. And I just let it all go. And all of a sudden, we just stopped in the trail, and he put his hands on my head, and he absolved me of my sins. And he, and I, he told me one thing, which I remember to this day verbatim. He says, you are always forgiven of your sins. You just remember that Jesus always loves you. Mm, and at wow. that moment, I just, I really felt it, right? Yeah. All the way through from childhood up until that moment, I knew in my brain who Jesus was. I knew mm-hmm. it was like, oh, yeah, Jesus loves me. But to feel it in your heart and to know and feel that you've been forgiven and to know and feel that you've been loved, boy, that changed me. What what about that moment was was different than the moments before? What about that moment made it real and come to life for the first time? I've come to know that my um, prayer form, and I like to pray a lot through nature. Mm, And so I didn't know it at that time, but being out in nature in the woods and in the trail Mm -hmm. and then just seeing the sunset and the sun was like beaming down on us. And him, you know, the, the whole environment laid itself to me really feeling the presence of Christ. Wow. So it kind of just lent itself towards it. It was almost like, I mean, with the, I'm imagining that, that image right now with the sun shining on your face. It's almost like Christ himself was shining a light you know, on the, you. The sun was shining for sure. Ooh. 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 Dude, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but it was wow. a neat experience, and that kind of sparked my whole involvement in the ministry. And um, so from there, you you moved on to to becoming a leader, or yeah. So then I got invited. So the people like beforehand knew me as this punk kid who always caused some trouble. Like I remember that <laughs> a, a little side anecdote. Um, we were hosting a spaghetti dinner for the parish because that's what the confirmation kids did. We yeah. hosted a spaghetti dinner. And then we all did our different tasks. Like well, this kid, group of kids were the DJs. This group of kids were the servers and everything. So I was serving mm. spaghetti. Okay. I didn't want to serve. I wanted to be DJ and pick the music, right? <laughs> and so I snuck away and I went into the DJ booth. It was a CD with a boom box, right? And I put in Bone Thugs. And, wow. <laughs> and it was so bad. And that's when the party started. And that's, <laughs> and so I snuck away. I put in Bone Thugs. And then all Wait, of a sudden, the so confirmation leader was like, who put this music on? We're at a confirmation Catholic dinner. Who did this? And I'm like, oop. So I snuck away and I went back to serving spaghetti. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty bad. What song was it? I mean, oh, I forgot the name of the song, but it was like, it wasn't first of the month, but it was something else. And at that one point where he stopped, the confirmation had stopped. And there was a point where this person was explaining the death penalty and all that stuff and condemning somebody to death. I'm like, yep, that was me. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> yeah, big troublemaker. But, you know, something sparked and something changed. And mm. so they noticed that. Mm. And then a year later, when I my sophomore year, beginning of the ministry year, I got a phone call asking, it's like, hey, Rowell, because um, wow. that's what I went by. That's my real name. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Um, would you like to be, cons- would you consider being a first grade catechist? Wow. I'm like, all right, you are entrusting this 15-year-old punk kid to lead and minister to these six-year-old kids. Oh, wow. my God. Yeah, so they asked me to, to to be a first grade catechist. And at that point, it's like, all right, I really felt this presence of Christ. And mm-hmm. let's see what this is all about. So I said yes. And so I became a first grade catechist from uh, sophomore year all the way into like uh, second year in college. No hesitation or anything? Just oh, a little bit of hesitation. Like, oh, okay. do I really want to do this? It's like, yeah. But it was just a slight hesitation. Was um, it always first graders? Yeah, always first graders. Wow, so okay. just see them year in and year out. What was that process like working with children so young at also being so young yourself. Mm-hmm. It was actually really neat because when I walked into that room, I remembered being in that room when I was in first grade. And I was oh. like, oh, this room is a lot smaller than I thought. It, I, a lot bigger. <laughs> were, yeah, yeah a lot bigger than I thought it would be. And I walked in, I was like, this room is tiny. These chairs are so tiny. And so it was actually a kind of full circle going back into when I encountered first grade catechism. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I see this larger than life figure leading me in. Now I was now I was that person, but still, you know, I didn't consider myself large in life. But these little six-year-old kids, yeah, yeah, I was like really looking up at me, even though I was a short guy. So, <laughs> wow! Yeah, yeah. Did something within that ministry for you spark a desire to do ministry in the future? Yeah. So that so moving forward. So when I um got into catechism, uh, our our uh, we had a change in leadership, and we had a new priest that come that came in. I was newly ordained. And when I was a junior in high school, we had a newly ordained priest by the name of Father Brendan McGuire. Wow, mm. newly ordained. Newly ordained. His first assignment after okay. ordination was at St. Lawrence. And so wow. Father Brendan um, was very gung-ho of, of youth ministry. And so it took a couple of years to try to figure out what plan for everything. So my freshman year of college came in and he told me, he's like, hey, Ro, um, we hired this new youth minister from Loyola. He's coming up. He's going to be a full-time youth minister here. We want you to grab lunch and get together, and uh, you're going to be part of the leadership team. And okay. so that new youth minister was none other than John Ronaldo. Mm. Whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, these are some OGs in this diocese. John Ronaldo. John Ronaldo. So John Ronaldo was the uh, first youth minister that I ever served with, and that got me my f- 
feet wet into youth ministry. I never experienced youth ministry when I was, youth ministry when I was in high school because I I didn't know if it even existed or it wasn't very well promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just confirmation. Yeah. Uh, and so when they hired John, uh, he really took me into uh, what youth ministry was all about. So you wow. were in college and at the time? Freshman in college. Yeah, I just graduated. So I was first, first year at San Jose State. So I stayed local, okay. which is why um, I stayed at San, uh, St. Lawrence, Lawrence to continue so ministry. go Spartans. Go Spartans, yep. go every school. yeah. Uh, go every school. Why are we still saying this? I know. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I met you at, at my first Tahoe retreat. Mm-hmm. What was your first Tahoe retreat like? Yeah, my first Tahoe experience, I came in as a newly um, involved leader in, yeah. in youth ministry. I never knew what this whole Tahoe experience was all about until John kind of put in a word for me. It's like, hey, you should consider being an LIT, a leader in training for mm-hmm. this retreat. And so I thought about it. I was like, all right. So I applied and I applied late because, again, I didn't know about it. And so yeah. they put in a good word for me and I was able to go in. And so 2002 was the first Tahoe retreat that I served as an LIT, as wow. a leader in training. And you were in college at the time as well? I just finished my freshman year of college. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. How was that experience for you? Eye-opening, for sure. Because this allowed me to see it, it, as in the diocese as a whole just how vibrant youth ministry is. You mm. see these powerhouse uh, parishes. At the time, St. Maria Goretti was a powerhouse parish. Was that like um, Mike Navarro? and Mike Navarro, Steve, Steve Doe, Doe, Alex yeah. Vo, and they brought in like 25, 30 youth. And to see them all close-knit together like Sunset Mass at the Our Father or Lamb of God, they'd be arm in arm together. And look down at them and was like, this is so cool. Are you oh. saying we've been doing the Sunset Mass since even 2002? Oh yeah, like that's been a tradition it's throughout a tradition all these years. All those years, yeah. Wow. DYR Tahoe Retreat has been the longest standing standing tradition in youth ministry. I think in our diocese. How but, many yeah. participants around in uh, at that time? At that time, yeah. um, I would say maybe just under two hundred. Okay. One hundred to one fifty. That's still a lot. So yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, big yeah, numbers. Lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brought in some cool people, and then I got to meet other youth ministry leaders mm. um, across the diocese. So again, like we mentioned, Steve Doe, Alex Vo. Um, uh, Brendan Randazzo, wow. uh, Julius Bercasio, all those people who were kind of uh, on the forefront of ministry at that time. And so I, I looked up to them. I was like, wow, this is really cool. And that really in, uh, solidified my my involvement in youth ministry. Dude, I really want a part of this. How does it feel to be one of those people that people, youth ministers now look up to? It's weird. <laughs> It's weird because it's just me. I'm like, I'm, I'm a goober, man. <laughs> That's the title of this podcast. I'm a goober. I'm a goober. <laughs> and so I don't, I kind of feel weird. Like people put, you know, they, you know, especially in the intro, like, you know, you're speaking so highly of me where, you know, I'm just a regular dude and who just loves the Lord and just want to show that to other people. And so yeah. if it happens that way, then great. But, you know, I'm just right down with you guys. So. Yeah, I just kind of feel, I mean, I accept it. It's honored. It's humbling. But at the same time, like, dude, don't put me up there. I'm just right there with you guys. So, mm. Very humble. So oh. humble. What a humble guy. <laughs> what a guy. We love a humble guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So what what changed throughout those, those years of serving in ministry, looking up to these kind of OGs, these veterans that were before you, um, what led to you officially pursuing this as a career and becoming yeah director of youth ministry yeah, one of yeah. the most vibrant youth ministries in this diocese right now yeah good good good, good question um and so moving forward from there uh it, it's all invitation based mm. and, and so uh, people 
I guess really saw things in me that I really didn't see myself. Like I remember one of the coordinators for DYR or Tahoe at the time, Kate Schneider, just kept on inviting me to learn different directorships. I was like, all right, Ro, you're going to be director of skits this year. You're going to be director of activities this year. You're going to be director of breakouts this year. And she told me, it's like, yeah, one day you are going to coordinate this retreat. I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? No way, man. Me? Are you kidding? <laughs> no, not even. Um, but yeah, it just led itself to, to kind of just forming myself in ministry. And then once um, St. Lawrence, their youth group kind of disbanded because of a change in leadership, mm-hmm. I reached out to Steve Doe because Steve Doe had done a lot for me at the 2007 Tahoe retreat where he just really prayed over me and we really had a spiritual connection. And so I was left without the youth group, so it kind of felt empty. So I reached out to him on MySpace. Okay. What yeah. the heck, I'm dude? I'm dating myself here. Oh, my gosh. But I reached out to him. I was like, hey, Steve, um, I would love to, you know, let me know of your, your youth ministry events at Holy Spirit because I'd love to swing by and uh, enjoy kind of uh, what you have in your ministry. Mm-hmm. And so Steve gave me a message back. It's like, hey, Ro, why don't you consider being part of my core team? Uh, oh. Let's meet up and we can see if it's a good fit. And so I met up with Steve. We had coffee and or lunch, and then we said, "Yeah, let's do it." And so I became part of Steve's core team at Holy Spirit back in 2006. And wow. so that sparked my ministry here as a volunteer at Holy Spirit. And I just fell in love with the parish. Yeah, mm. fell in love with the parish. Very vibrant. And then I re- got reconnected with Father Brendan because he got assigned as pastor at Holy Spirit. So it was nice to get reconnected with Father Brendan and uh, Steve saw a lot in me that, again, didn't see in myself. So invitations to lead a youth night. It's like, I hate speaking in public. Every time, like, my hands get so clammy and sweaty and I get nervous speaking in public. Still do. But he saw something. He's like, hey, you're going to lead this youth night from beginning to end. You're going to give the talk. I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah, I'll help you along. He's like, all right, cool. And then next thing you know, like, hey, Steve, uh, hey, Ro, you're going to lead a workshop at a retreat. Mm. It's like, what? A whole retreat, a workshop, an entire workshop from beginning to end. You want me to lead it? It's like, yeah, don't worry. I got you. I'm going to support you along the way. I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden he said, all right, Ro, for this next retreat, you are going to lead the whole spiritual aspect. So you're going to oversee the workshop presenters. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? You're entrusting me with this? Dude. And he said, yeah, it's okay. It's right. I'll, I'll work with you along the way. I'll work with you along the way. I was like, all right, fine. And all of a sudden, Steve gets... Uh, promoted up to the diocese as associate director and all of a sudden there was an opening at holy spirit parish a year and a half later and then i get another invitation from father brendan saying hey ro um you know there's an invitation here uh why don't you think and pray about it to consider being youth minister holy spirit wow it sounds like your whole journey has just been a a, a sequence of just invitations and you just Mm -hmm. being open and surrenderings and saying yes it's amazing it's, just to hear like just the history, but also to see that. I mean, it, I guess it's what I'm what I'm picturing right now is it's difficult for me to picture that y- there was a moment in time where you weren't where you are now. Yeah, oh, because the the, the row that I've only known has been the row that's kind of like been in this for a minute now mm-hmm. and knows what he's doing. But to think that you were ever like nervous to lead a youth night or like i mean even like the public speaking i know that that kind of never changes but in terms of i mean i'm sure you do that with such ease now like it's <laughs> experience but still i get nervous every time but yeah yeah I'm, and naturally i'm an introverted person and so it takes a lot of energy to put myself in front of people 
And so really that nervousness right from the beginning was... Drains you. It drains me, but it was so uplifting at the same time. It's like, wow, I really did do this. This mm. is so amazing. And just seeing the affirmations come from it, especially from Steve. Uh, I was mm -hmm. like, wow, I'm really proud of you. And so again, like the series of invitations, it was almost as if... Was, it was as if, but it was almost as if the spirit was guiding me towards a certain something. Yeah. And so when that invitation from Father Brennan came in, I was like... Uh, I, I prayed about it really hard for about two weeks because do I really want to pursue this full-time? And I had a great job at Kaiser full-time. Mm -hmm. um, do I really want to pursue ministry full-time? It would be a little bit of a sacrifice. But yeah. again, I kept coming back to, I couldn't deny the movement of the Spirit to leading me to this. And it, and it was right, and it felt right. That's amazing. Because yeah. it feels like the Spirit led you to these different opportunities that kind of helped form you and kind of you, you gain that experience that i mean different positions at the tahoe like when you're coordinating it mm. now you can relate you know you know how a breakout director should what they have to do or a, a small group director that's amazing how do you see the role of those maybe ahead of you or those like quote unquote higher up in, mm. in ministry kind of leading you like we've talked in the past about our pauls and our timothys and our barnabas right? barnabases yeah um and how, how do you see kind of those roles in your life played out through the years the importance of them and how it shifted huge importance um they were for every sense of the word mentors mm. um so they guided me along the way coached me and mentored me along the way and it was neat because it, they saw something in me that i didn't see and so they honed in on that and 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 picked up on that and and uh, what's the word I'm like nurtured that mm. uh, and so giving me the opportunities to find out about it you know they didn't tell me what to do you know micromanage but they allowed me to form it for myself and yeah. to lead it for myself and to experience it for myself but yeah the invitation I think was key um, and the, the affirmations like hey I see this in you um, you can do it uh, and so the belief was, was monumental you were saying that they saw in you what you didn't see in yourself. If you don't mind me asking, I know it can be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. How did you see yourself at the time? Uh, lack of confidence, for mm -hmm. sure. Like, why are you picking me? To, I can't do this at all. So I, I lack of confidence, for sure. Um, yeah. And just seeing, like, a, a very shy person um, like who doesn't really put himself out there, doesn't like to put himself out there, um, don't like being the center of attention at all, but it kind of lends itself to it uh, with the different ministry opportunities and the nature of the aspect of whatever it is I'm trying to lead for ministry. So, yeah, that's how I saw myself. Just kind of, you know, this person who just lacked confidence. Mm. But they instilled confidence in me. Sometimes we need that. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just need someone to say, like, you're doing a good job. Like, keep yeah, it. and that, like, you got this because oftentimes... It's, it's, it's a struggle to believe in ourselves to believe that we can handle something and we just need someone to encourage us and be like, I know you can do this. Yeah. And uplift us in that way. Because as youth ministers, I feel like with our teams of our, like we, that's what we do for them. You know, we always build them up and we always encourage them. But sometimes it's hard for us to find that encouragement, um, you know, was working professionally in youth ministry. Mm -hmm. um, I, a question I do have for you is, mm -hmm. so now that you, you, became the youth minister at Holy Spirit and knowing your past, how did you handle the teens that you saw that how you act, you know how you acted back then and you were that trouble teen. And so yeah. now that you have teens under that you that might have, you know, might behave that way. How did you 
how did you approach that? Yeah, and, and I draw I draw to that as well, especially for confirmation. Mm-hmm. And I at the orientation session uh, for our year one group, I tell them right off the bat my story. And mm-hmm. It's because it's, it's parent youth orientation, so the kids are there, the parents are there. Yeah. And I straight out just share my story about you know, how I didn't want to be there and everything. But yet the power of what I experienced with it because I was just a little bit open to it mm-hmm. and look where I am now. I tell the parents, you know, if this punk kid can, you know, who didn't want to be there is all of a sudden working for a church for 10 years, you know, it can happen to your kid yeah. in one way, shape, or form. Might not be in, in our case, as you paid youth ministers or full-time youth ministers, but in one way, shape, or form, the Lord will work in your life. Uh, and so I really draw upon that, and I think they resonate on that uh, to know that you know I was just this kid who just didn't want to do it. All of a sudden, here I am doing it. Uh, so yeah, I just draw back on my own previous experiences. That's all really I can draw back on, yeah. um, and just ways to weave it in within the curriculum, okay. whichever the curriculum it is. That's so inspiring, dude. It's just it's inspiring to me to know that. I mean, it's just an attest that God uses people that you don't expect Him to use. You know, yes, I mean, throughout absolutely. scriptures, so many, so many opportunities um, that people are like, that guy, really? Like a tax collector, or David, you know, yeah. um, but it's, it's amazing. It's inspiring. Yeah. It just reminds, like you're saying, it's, it's biblical the way in which God chooses us because those that in, in, in the Bible, those that felt unworthy to be chosen were the ones that were chosen. It's like, you think, I always think of Saul to Paul. Saul homeboy was literally killing Christians and God's like, no, no, no. I want that guy. You know, the guy that's murdering Christians, my people, I want him. And Ananias was like, that guy, that guy, you want me to baptize him? Really Are you Lord? sure? Or like, I, I love David's story, dude. How like his father is just like this son, like he's the strongest or this guy, this guy, this guy. And they were like, no, no, that's not him. And then they saw that, that boy working outside in the fields and he was like, yeah. That little boy out there. That's the next we, we want. We want him. I want him. You know? It's yeah. It's, it's wild. And I feel like I I see, I, sometimes I see that in, in the youth ministers in this diocese mm-hmm. where it's it's amazing the, the stories that we've heard on this, even just this podcast, because so many people who have come into ministry never really saw themselves doing it or never really maybe felt worthy, never yeah. felt like they were capable of it. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. We are not capable. Us ourselves, us humans, we're not. It's what God does through us. And it's with us surrendering to the Spirit. It's with us surrendering to Christ and answering that greater call yeah. that we are able to do it. Amen. By like the community, the people that lead us, the people that mentor us and bring us up, that is why we are able to do what we do. Like even thinking like for I never thought I'd be in a podcast with Road <laughs> David. Like. Very true. Very true. <laughs> and yet here we are in this moment. Yeah. Uh, may I ask yeah. moving on how so you've been you've been in this for a minute now a just minute just a minute. minute just a minute um how do you stay motivated doing ministry for so so many years uh, that's a very good question um personal prayer for sure mm. uh, and spiritual direction for sure uh I, my, i've been hounded by my pastor to find a spiritual director and uh, he for whatever reason i've just been so opposed to it i'm not and i'm not even sure why but all of a sudden i found a spiritual director that works uh, that mm. resonates with me and we resonate with each other and all yeah. of a sudden i figured out why did i wait to do this and so it, my spiritual director helps me kind of see where the spirit's leading how the spirit's leading and seeing where the good work comes um, and how the good work comes uh, and so some days are hard I, I, with especially being a youth minister so long you've um, seen so much and done so much and the wear and tear you definitely feel the wear and tear with um with 
the work. Yeah. And I don't like saying that, but it's, it is work. Um, but I think uh, with being in youth ministry for this long, uh, you definitely feel the wear and tear. And you keep going back to the source and keep going back to Christ and just have him re-energize me or have him sustain me. Or if, if not, to just have him hold me. Because yeah. uh, there's been times in, in um, the ministry within the past 10 years where I've definitely been challenged, whether it's things done um, where I wasn't, I made a mistake in this area or maybe this youth didn't really resonate with his retreat. And it just takes one little comment or one little teen that just didn't like it and that just ruins it for you, Yeah, um, the vibe. Um, or it, it just life just happens. Uh, and, and so the hardest part, I think, in ministry is where the unexpected happens when you're trying to minister through dealing with your own stuff, right? And, and that's where, like, vulnerability happens and vulnerability comes where you got to recognize, like, dude, I'm really not in a place where I can really be my true self or my full self right now. Mm -hmm. But you got to recognize that and, again, talk to people about it, whether it's your spiritual director, whether it's your pastor, where it's professional help through counseling or therapy um, to really go and seek ways to find help. In, the, in those moments of kind of dealing with your own personal struggles or adversities, how do you slash did you manage to minister in those moments? Because I feel like there yeah. are times where I'm completely breaking down right before a retreat and I'm like, I'm supposed to get out there and be on. Oh. I'm supposed to get out yeah. there and lead. Yeah, it's hard. And it's hard. And, and it, within the past two years, if I can be brutally honest, was really, really hard. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an in in incident in my family where we just was struck with uh, extreme grief yeah. uh, where the firstborn... Um, in our immediate family, in my sister and brother-in-law, uh, first baby in our family who was born two months premature and only lived for three months. And we were so excited that this little baby was going to be part of our family and we're all going to be at the same house together so we get to raise this kid together. And all of a sudden, three months later, this little tiny nugget, uh, with, he was no bigger than my forearm, you know, ended up passing away. Mm. And, and so, you know, uh, and I was honest with my own faith. It's like, you know, angry at God's like, how dare you take this innocent little kid from us, yeah. right? How dare you take him back from us? And how dare you do this to my sister and brother-in-law who did nothing wrong, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and to see them suffer the way I've seen them suffer is really, really hard. And then how it affected me in my own personal life and my own personal ministry, you know, if, if I'm this affected by this, you know, I couldn't imagine how my sister and brother-in-law have been feeling. And so there's this little Nixon, his name, that's his name, this little Nixon shaped hole in my heart that you know can't be filled yeah. um, and so to be able to minister amidst from this grief uh, and this trauma extremely difficult and you have to as you said Anna you have to be on to minister to these youth and whether you're leading a, a workshop at a retreat or you're talking about it um, I think what helped for me is was being vulnerable with it mm -hmm. um, and actually saying to the youth groups okay this happened to me uh, and talking to them about it. Mm -hmm. And that's where kind of uh, the mutual aspect of ministry comes, where you can't really tell who's the who's being ministered to at this point. Mm, it's mutual wow. ministry. Uh, and, and so it, it, it comes with an honesty and, and a bravery of knowing the power of vulnerability. And to be able to express that um, was helping uh, to cope with it. 
not heal it, but to move forward from it. Not move on, but just to move just an inch forward. That's amazing. So being able to not just keep it within yourself, not keep it in, but just yeah, being authentic and being with your, I mean, relying on your youth as well. And your, I mean, whoever you were ministering to and just knowing that, you know, you're not, that's amazing. I like that mutual ministry, mutual ministry. Mutual ministry. How, um, how did the teens respond to your vulnerability? They were appreciative um, to, for me to be real with them because you know the teens they appreciate realness uh, and so to be real with them uh, they really uh, they really honed in on that and offered their support uh, because if it wasn't for support like that then you know it'd probably be in a very dark place um, yeah. so to be able to learn from that and that's what I've learned through ministry as well is to, the power of sharing story and the power of being vulnerable is what I've picked up across uh, with these trends in ministry uh, and so I had to be honest with myself and be vulnerable with myself and to be honest with myself, too, when I know that I'm at my limit. Mm. Mm. So if yeah. I have nothing left to That's give, like, if I have nothing left to give, then I say, it's like, I, I can't do it right now. You have to be honest with yourself. You have yourself. to be honest. And so it's like, hey, can you, then it's where I rely on the team. Like, hey, can you just take care of this? Uh, I'm just going to go and sit down for a little bit because you're done. Once you're drained and you, you, there's nothing left to give, it's hard to give, right? You can't give what you don't have. And you're no use to anything. Mm -hmm. That's so. Um, what are some things... Um, if there, if say there was a listener right now struggling with being vulnerable, struggling with sharing with others what they're going through, maybe something's weighing on their heart, something's weighing heavy on them. Um, how would you encourage someone to be vulnerable, um, or how would you expel those fears? Mm -hmm. And maybe also, where do do you where do you think those fears come from? Yeah, it's great. I, it, it comes with some courage and some bravery to be able to really share the deep personal. Uh, feelings and thoughts and emotions and so if you have somebody that can you can truly trust uh, and be vulnerable with for sure reach out to that person it could be even a priest to find some spiritual help um, but it just take that step forward to be able to do it it's like you know what i need some help to go do it it's almost like a, a leap of faith definitely. absolutely to trust faith. another and to trust that they are going to take what you say and, and respond with care yeah. because I think I think that's where it's so funny we're talking about vulnerability because I, I guess I'm sharing this on the podcast funny um I was telling Kev I've been overthinking my vulnerability on this podcast I've been overthinking um sharing too much and sharing to an extent where People know things about me, but I don't really know them. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just so encouraged by everything you're saying right now because taking a step in vulnerability, taking that leap of faith into believing that whoever hears that is not going to judge. Whoever hears that is not going to respond with any sort of mal, I don't know, malice or, or, or negative intentions, but that they're going to respond with, with love and compassion and care. And I'm just going to say like, whoever you are that is listening to this that we are trusting you guys we are trusting you with our own vulnerable stories and that is a leap of faith to trust and believe that what you say matters and what you say your struggles your hurts your pain is going to be in turn taken and responded with love and care and, and in kindness because that's when we're struggling mostly what we want is someone to listen and to love us regardless yeah and I am so incredibly inspired by your story and your, your vulnerability with us um, and, with, and with all our listeners as well. Thank you.
Yeah, you can't control how other people respond. But again, that leap of faith, you just got to trust like for yourself. Like mm. you got to know, like, all right, I'm going to share this and I don't know how you're going to respond, but I'm still going to share this with you. And I don't want any advice. I just want you to listen, just mm. to hear me out uh, and just sit next to me. So the unbelievable power of just presence and to be able to just be heard um, is immense. Yeah. It's full. Amen. 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 Ooh. Thank you. Thank you, really. So switching gears a little bit, we yeah. have some kind of fun fact-ish questions. Oh, yeah, definitely. For you. Uh, you want to ask, Kev? Yes. Um, so... We know that uh, if if anyone really knows Ro, he we you know, know he's a he's nerd a, and he is. A <laughs> oh big, no! Am I gonna be quizzed? <laughs> he's a big, oh uh, no! I'm he's so a scared. big superhero fanatic. So first and foremost, mm. uh, Marvel or DC? Marvel. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm, I'm not a DC guy. I'm sorry, DC fanboys. I'm a Marvel guy. Always okay. loved Marvel comics. Not DC. Never. Yeah, did it. Mm. Do you have a favorite superhero from Marvel? Yeah. If you to one one superhero. I always liked Wolverine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not for whatever reason. I always resonated with him. Um, I don't know. I just he thought he was cool. He healed really fast. He had those claws, and he always says "bub." He always oh, says bub. "bub." Yeah. So I don't. Wolverine was always a cool character for me. Favorite Marvel movie? Oh, an MCU Endgame for sure. Endgame. Yeah, that was epic. I yeah, it was. You haven't seen it. I haven't seen Endgame. Bro, have you seen Endgame? No. Oh <laughs> my, dude, our listeners. Turned Good it off right now. <laughs> They're like, and done. <laughs> They're canceled. <laughs> I you gotta watch game. it. It culminates what it's been doing for the past 10 years or so. Yeah. So Endgame awesome. is like the end. Like it's it. Well, well, end of that saga wow. until the next saga. Comes that 10 year saga comes to an end. Yeah. From that, the Thanos that saga pretty much. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. You gotta check it out, dude. Okay. So. We do have a little bit of a quiz for you. Oh, gosh. Okay, I got a little bit. Of, a little bit of a Star Wars quiz. Oh, okay. So we are going to say a famous quote from one of the movies, mm -hmm. and you are going to have to tell us who said it. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna start with we're gonna we're gonna throw you a little underhand under underhand one. You got this one straight out of the park. Do or do not. There is no try. Yoda. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. I've been waiting for you, Obi Wan. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Darth Vader. <laughs> I didn't finish it. <laughs> Homie's got that. Homie's got that. Was that was episode four, New Hope. They did that duel. Oh, shoot. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're <laughs> my, my only hope. hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's Princess Leia. <laughs> Dude, he is a nerd. <laughs> yeah. So the one I'm on right now, this is a um, Marvel superhero quiz. Oof. Okay. Ooh, Which go. one of the following has a keen sense of smell? Uh, Wolverine and Daredevil, I guess. Correct, Wolverine. Mm -hmm. um, out of these, who was born with their powers? Bruce Banner, Steve Rogers, Mystique, or Tony Stark? Say that again. Bruce Banner. Born with their powers? Born with their powers. Bruce Banner, Steve Rogers, Mystique, or Tony Stark? Mystique. Correct. Wow. I this guy guys. Tony Stark had a super except he's just super smart and he can build stuff what is the name of the super secret crime fighting organization who ran the Avenger initiative shield correct wow in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie series what is Peter Quill's prized possession his Walkman okay this yeah. guy I mean yeah. yeah everyone who's like a Marvel fan out like, there like yeah. that's obvious <laughs> um 
Give me some Star Trek ones. Ooh. Mr. Spock is the green-blooded, always logical first officer of the starship Enterprise. Which planet is he from? Vulcan. Correct. Dude, I... Okay. <laughs> um, exploration and peacekeeping are the main tasks of the organization of which the Enterprise is a part. Starfleet. Yep. <laughs> I mean... That, or the yeah. Federation. Or the Federation. Yeah. Um, Star Trek The Next Generation premiered in 1987. It featured a new starship Enterprise under the command of Captain... Jean-Luc Picard. Which actor played the iconic role? Patrick Stewart, who also played Professor X. P- correct? This that guy. Dude, what is he going on? He finished my question because I didn't know the name. <laughs> Star Trek Deep Space Nine yeah. is about a space station at the edge of a wormhole. Which world is Starfleet cooperating with in the show? We have some options for you. Oh, yeah. You can read the options. They're difficult to read. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, man. I'm going to sound so stupid. Okay. Ferenginar? Trill. Trill. Cardassia? That one. Cardassia. Is that right? That's correct. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cardassia. Oh, the correct answer was actually not Cardassia. No, was it? What is it? It was ba- Badger? Bajor. Bajor. Yeah, Bajor. Okay. okay. I was reading Bajor like Spanish, and Cardassia Bahor. are kind of mortal Bahor. enemies. <laughs> Bajor. Are they? Yeah, they're mortal enemies. It makes sense. In Star Trek Voyager, mm-hmm. the titular starship is stranded in a remote corner of the galaxy. What is the name of the rebel group oh. that gets integrated into the Starfleet crew? The Maquis. Oh my That's goodness. <laughs> the Maquis. You know your stuff, dude. Yeah, I was a nerd. Wow. Still have a nerd. Maybe one more? You sure, give it to me. The latest series, Star Trek Discovery, uh-huh. shows events from the vantage point of Starfleet officer Burnham. What is her first name? Michael. Correct. Oh my gosh, there was other girl names, and I was like, "There's no way it's Michael." <laughs> <laughs> oh my Booyah. gosh! Okay, dude, congrats on your knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Know about the faith and the fleet. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty epic. <laughs> so, uh, if you weren't doing ministry, what would you be doing? What would you be right now? I went to San Jose State, and I graduated with a bachelor's in business administration. Mm. So when I is in college, I thought I'd be working in a high-tech field doing something of a business nature, management, project management. Yeah, that you're sort. in Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah. so I, that would be something I guess I would be doing, something business-related. I worked for Kaiser Permanente for two and a half years right after college mm. in a human resources department doing staffing and payroll for Mountain View uh, Clinic. Wow. So that was a job. Yeah. How did you enjoy your time there? It was a job. But it was a it was a very comfortable and well paying job, mm. uh, but the things that were giving me joy was the ministry. So I was mm-hmm. volunteering for ministry while I was working for Kaiser, but uh, the things that were giving me joy was was the uh, was the ministry. So I enjoyed that a lot. Awesome. So I mean, you've been in this game for many years now. So if many I mean, minutes, many minutes, and you so you've been on. Um, countless retreats. You've been, you've encountered many youth. You've, you've had all these different workshops, different sessions. I'm sure you've seen it all. Um, are there moments where you've had that? Are there moments where you've had that realization that this is exactly where I, I I'm should be. be? This right is exactly now. where I'm supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, there's been a few um, where you just realize that 
yep, this is where I needed to be, or yeah, this is where I am. Uh, a couple of points here that I can that draw to mind right off the bat was mm-hmm. where uh, I went into my first mission trip with Holy Spirit to Nicaragua. So yeah. I spent a week in Nicaragua. I'd never been to that country before, but I know it's extremely poor. But just going there for the very first time, really immersing myself with the villager, villagers there mm-hmm. and just seeing how happy they were with how little that they have and seeing the impact that they had on me. I was going there thinking I was going to change their lives here with all the stuff that I have and everything, but they did more for me than I ever did for them. And I kept coming back to that retreat. And there was one time a few years later uh, where, you know, it just really felt the spirit and really befriended a family down there. And just to see their unconditional love, especially with the limited Spanish that I have. um, But even without, even with the language barrier, just, you can just feel the sense of love that this family has given me. And right there, we're just having lunch at their house and I was like, yep, this is right where I need to, to be. Um, yeah, it's really neat. There was another one, if I may. Yeah, please, um, please, please. And please, it yeah. Just, this just happened um, a couple nights ago Oh, where a youth, a senior in high school, came up to me and said, hey, Ro, um, I mentioned you in my college essay. Wow. Yeah, and, and so she let me read it. Uh, and so I have it, and she sent it to me. And then it was kind of crazy in a sense where I was like, wow, I guess the Lord really does work in the lives of the young. I guess ministry, youth ministry really does work. And if I may read it for you guys, I got permission from her, but I'm going to keep her anonymous. Okay, please do. Um, But here we go. The night, that night, the power of the Holy Spirit revealed itself to me and my faith was transformed. Everyone and everything is as still as a lake on a calm summer morning. Worship. Music drowns out the noise of the chaotic world. The smoky smell of incense pervades the room. The sound of sniffles catches my ears as tears trickle down faces. Candle flames flicker as the spirit brings sincere solemnity to the space. Check this out, this first sentence. Faith is like a roller coaster, lots of twists and turns. But with God as a seatbelt, we are secure. What? What? This is just the beginning of the essay. Bars. Roe David, my youth minister, recognized that my faith was dwindling freshman year. He encouraged me to attend a youth group after Mass 360. And to be honest, I was not interested but regretted not joining sooner once I finally gave in. Roe believed in me when I did not believe in myself. After witnessing me neglect my faith, he continually invited me because he was aware of the capabilities of a faith-based community. These bonds led me to attend retreats and leap outside of my comfort zone. I attended the high school diocesan youth retreat, DYR, in the summer of 2017. And stepping off the bus and looking out at the stunning blue water of Lake Tahoe, I experienced serenity. I was welcomed by familiar and unfamiliar faces, a constant reminder that we all share beliefs and are closely knit through the radiating love of Christ. My experiences here brought my faith to the forefront of my life instead of an aspect of my life I often ignored. The first annual middle school diocesan youth retreat was in August of 2018 that gave middle schoolers the opportunity to experience this transforming retreat. Being accepted to be a leader on this retreat was thrilling because I remember the impact that previous leaders had on me. These leaders showed me what it means to be Christ-like. They taught me that vulnerability takes inner strength and is not something to be afraid of. With this wisdom imparted on me, I felt adequately prepared to educate and inspire these retreats. One weekend in the woods with 75 middle schoolers turned into a weekend I will cherish forever. 
One night was dedicated to Sacrament of Reconciliation, observing these kids take this sacred sacrament seriously with the Holy Spirit working through them, touched me deeply and reaffirmed my commitment to youth ministry. I sat down one to one boy who was sitting all alone with his head buried in his hands. I saw aspects of my younger self at him. At that age, I was far from interested in my faith. And then very shyly, he said, I've never been to this. What is it? I responded, it's God's way of forgiving us because we all make mistakes. God wants us to admit that we have sinned and he is always merciful. Minutes later, he got in line for reconciliation. And after, he came back smiling from ear to ear. And he said, I'm so glad I did that. I feel so great. Thank you. In that moment, the importance of my faith became clear as a cloudless sky. My understanding of living out the word and sharing it just encouraged a middle schooler to embark on his faith journey. I went from being the oblivious participant to the enlightened leader. Just as Ro David has been my faith mentor, I, I became a mentor to these middle schoolers. Without Ro, I would be lost on my religious path. Ro's invitation to join the core team for 360 further strengthened my faith. He knew that if I was exposed to this leadership, I would truly understand the power of Christ in my life. These leadership opportunities have not only given me the opportunity to form connections with my brothers and sisters in Christ, but I've mended my relationship with Christ and uncovered, uncovered my evolving faith. You just invite Jesus um, to them and show Jesus who they are and you let Jesus do the work. Oh, I think that, that that was so powerful and I think it made everyone in this room emotional um, hearing that. Because what I saw in that story, the same thing that Steve and John Ronaldo did for you, mm. you have done for that teen. Yeah. And there aren't words to describe how much that means to them, how much that meant to you. I mean, what we do here is is no light thing. These are these are lives that are being completely transformed. And by the grace of God, we've had the opportunity to be involved in these teens' lives. Mm -hmm. And I think you can attest to that and affirm that it is such a grace to even have the opportunity to be in someone else's life. Yeah. And oftentimes, I know we've talked about this before, but we we don't see the fruits of our work. We don't see not always, no. The the fruits of, of the time that we spend and we're just we're doing our best. I mean it's not like we're 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 doing miracles necessarily. But when you have a moment like that when it is shared back, just how much of an impact you have. And in turn that teen is having an impact on a middle schooler. Mm -hmm. That was the pivotal moment for me in listening to that is that generation by generation hearts are being transformed by Christ. Yeah. I I have no I have no words for how meaningful that is. It's a cycle of love. You show love, you give love, and it returns it back. That's why our ministry is called 360. Mm. It just returns Ooh. back. Wow. Dude. I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't even know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, for the record... Kevin cried again <laughs> because he makes fun of me every time I cry. So I just gotta be very honest. No, because I think it's exactly what you what exactly what you said. We don't we don't always see fruits uh, of our labor. The fruits of our labor, and to hear that not only what we planted bore fruit, but also that it 
they're also like just instilling that faith into planting those seeds into other other youth and it's just going to continue on that's legacy mm-hmm. right there you know whether we know it or not like that's um that's amazing and i feel like that's how our faith this faith of catholicism has you know withstood this t- the test of time, time yeah. because it's i mean we're just sharing the truth we're just sharing love and that's intergenerational that will go on for i mean way past us doing this you know amen and that's and that, what ministry is right you, you show people who jesus is yeah. based on who well, how we experience in him and then once we show jesus to them then we just entrust it that they can show jesus to to other people and so you just that's it that's ministry you show jesus in hopes that they show jesus one more time for the people in the back <laughs> You show Jesus in hopes that they will show Jesus. Amen. And it works. Amen. If it works, it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but you just got to believe that it works. Amen. So our final segment, as you... Before I do that, yes, I have a present for you guys. Uh, one of the books that I have recently purchased um, is called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. And I randomly uh, came across this from an email saying from Barnes and Noble, I remember there, and it said, this is the book of the year from Barnes and Noble. And so like, right, I gotta check this out. So I went and read it. I got it and I read it and it is absolutely stunning and simple story and a simple book just about a boy. He meets a small little mole and he they encounter a fox and then they befriend a horse. And so I'm not gonna give it away in hopes that other people can get this book. Yeah. I'll just read you a certain, a short ex- excerpt of just the first few pages just to show you how powerful this book is. And so I'm going to show them the pictures because it's pretty cool. But you have this little, imagine for the listeners, you have this little boy, very solemn, very shy little boy. And he's sitting down. All of a sudden, a little mole comes out to him. And he says, oh, hello. Oh, it's so cute, And then you turn the page. And he picks the little mole up. And the mole said, I'm so small. Yes, said the boy, but you make a huge difference. And I'm going to read one more page for you, and this is going to get you. The boy places the mole on a tree branch, and they are sitting together on the tree branch, the boy and the mole. The mole asks the boy, what do you want to be when you grow up? The boy said, I want to be kind. And so I want to impart to you the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. Read it carefully. Take your time with it. If you want to start in the middle, you want to start at the end, go backwards. But take your time with it. The artwork is extremely stunning. It's a book by Charlie Mackesy. It's his first book. I highly, highly, highly recommend you all read it, get it. So lend it, read it, pass it forward. There you go. Thank you so much, Rahul. You're welcome. I am crying. <laughs> I I am I'm struck I am struck by what you read. I'm struck by the kindness of you giving this and also Definitely. the kindness in which you just shared with us, the image of kindness. Mm-hmm. Um this this is a first. We've never This is had, definitely a first. We've never had a guest come on and give us a gift. Yeah. Kindness matters. <laughs> it's been my mantra for the past year, kindness. Because I read this book called Wonder by R.J. Palacio. It's also a movie. And this one quote in the movie in the book says, if given the choice to be right or be kind, choose kind. Mm. Always choose kind. Wow. Oh my gosh. So. Oh. 
bro you're i i'm like such a mess i can't like we can't even like do this podcast because you're like making us so emotional oh thank you thank you thank you from the bottom of our hearts um you've i will say i think this is coming from both me and kevin beyond this podcast beyond you convicting our hearts in this moment i think you have done so much for our own faith lives more than you know and i know that you are a humble person and you you don't even accept that you you thank god for that and i know that is christ working through you but i just want to from the bottom of our hearts thank you for all you've done for us and everyone that you've encountered because seriously you've i i know it's making you uncomfortable (laughs) but you've changed lives and we are so grateful seriously thank you you. appreciate that even on the podcast he's like teaching us things and i'm like learning so much from this man my heart is being transformed truly i thank you thank you real you're welcome. So our final segment, yeah. um, as as you may know, is called 200 Deep Questions. So with that, you are going to pick a number between 1 and 200. And we are going to ask you the deep question that corresponds with it. So a number between 1 and, and 200. 94. 94. Let's do it. So the question nine, for 94 is, mm. how do you think... People see you. Oh man, I had to be love that, question. that question. Really? How do you think people see? Golly. Short, because <laughs> I am short, but spunky, uh, a lot of energy, mm. really in tune with his faith, um, really wow. kind and and funny. Even though he tells really horrible jokes. Amen. Um, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think people would say that he's on fire with his faith. I love that question. But yeah, that, that's kind of weird because it made me see, like, even though I don't believe some of that stuff, even mm-hmm. for myself, like, yeah, spunky, like, yeah, kind of spunky, but not always. Or like on fire with his faith, like, yeah, but not always. But that's a very insightful question that I think people should ask of themselves quite often. Definitely. Because we have distorted view of our own self or the our own worst critics you know and we only see the negative parts of ourselves. but hmm. i heard somewhere or i read somewhere that if you're going to be your own worst critic you also have to be your biggest fan ah yeah that's a good one so thank you so much ro for for being it's been an it's been an honor a privilege to have honor is mine it is mine it has been seriously a ridiculous blessing um i was so looking forward to this episode and I, I feel like my heart has, has been changed because mm-hmm. of this episode. And I, I, I just, I hope and I pray our listeners have, have felt something as well. Um, and we just want to thank you for, for your vulnerability and for yeah. being open to this conversation. Definitely. Thank you so much for everything that you've done for this diocese and for the youth of, um, of the Catholic Church and our diocese. And I know that you've planted many seeds and, and you've made a really big um impact on on many lives i mean god working through you and so thank you for your surrender and your willingness to be used by god um as an instrument thank you blessings all around thank you blessings all around so um with that uh, do you have any socials you want to plug how can people get connected with you if they want to you know plug into your life somehow or your ministries yeah the social media is like at row david r-o-w-d-a-v-i-d david is my last name uh so twitter instagram at Ro David, best mm. way to get in touch with me. TikTok. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> One day, maybe. Not about that life yet. 
And do you have a youth ministry Instagram you'd like to plug as well? We do, yes. Let me pull it up. It's our 360 Youth Ministry, and the handle is three, the number three, S-I-X-T-Y underscore youth ministry, one word. So 360 underscore youth ministry. Awesome. Awesome. So get connected Give with follow with, with David there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So with that, we are not going to have a listener testimony this week because as Rose shared um, that that college essay, that beautiful, beautifully written and just impactful um, essay that he read, I think will serve as our testimony this week. Definitely. Um, but if you would like to share your testimonies, if you would like to share your stories, how God is working your life, how God is moving hearts, um, Please uh, use the link in our bio in our Instagram to submit your testimonies. We love hearing from you guys. We love hearing how the spirit is moving. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. This has been Modern Day Disciples. Make sure to like and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram at MDD Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at MDD Pod. Happy Sunday. And get your booty to, to church. Bye. You guys still here? Whoa. Whoa. Dude, what? Is there a faucet leaking? What is that sound? Oh my gosh. And the podcast before it floods. Oh my gosh. Water. Oh, water. Oh.